I'm Phoenix West, the final boy. Let's get down to the show because it's the last one of a season. So where the fuck is my theme song? There it is. Okay, I found it. L.I.W. American Horror Story Review. Hello, citizens. Welcome to that show. Episode 63. It's the season 1984. Uh, season 9, episode 9 of American Horror Story for episode called Final Girl. There's no good way to say all that because it's both called season 9 and season 1984. So it's a bit weird. Anyway, um, it's the last episode of the season, guys. After this, I will have finished six seasons of this show and only three more to go. Seasons 2, 3, and 4 are still on the agenda. So after this, when I go back to the bingo hopper and pick episodes, it's going to be season two, uh, because season 10 is not going to come out till later in the year. And why not? Why not, why not finish season two? Season two might be my second, possibly even first favorite. I don't know. I, I kind of go back and forth a little bit between season one and two, but I think overall, I like season one more. So let's just, let's just stick with that. So season one and then season two. And then a far, far drop-off for Season 3, and far, far even further for Season 4, and then Season 5 picks back up. Uh, I, I can't stand Season 4. I'm not looking forward to covering it. Luckily, I have Seasons 2 and 3 to get through first. Maybe I'll never do Season 4, because I don't know if I can watch it again. It, it's just too much, and I just don't give a shit, and it's all over the place, and I'm not looking forward to it. But let's get down to this one. This episode has Finn Wittrock, who is... He's in previous seasons. He's, he starts in season five, and then he's in other seasons as different characters. I'm not going to go into detail, but it's so nice to see him back, and he looks he looks different. He looks older, but he looks more distinguished, and he looks he has been working on his acting because he fucking crushes this little role. He's only in this one episode, and I was more invested in his character than anyone else before they even did all the sappy shit at the end, which I'm not complaining about. I'm just saying they did sappy shit. But I was way more invested in the him just based off of his acting than anyone else in this entire series. It was crazy. But at least we got one another series regular out of the way. Still no Evan Peters, still no Sarah Paulson, and they do not show up. So let's just end. Let's, let's stop talking about them there. Um, let's see here. I'm out of breath already because I'm talking so quick. But let's just say uh, Finn, Wittrock show, Finn Wittrock shows up. It's 2019. He's in an Uber. He's looking for Camp, Camp Redwood. The guy doesn't know what he's talking about. He gets out of the car. That's when we find out it's 2019. Uh, and I was like, I bet he's Bobby because that would make sense age wise. Cause he was five and 89. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. Cause he's, he's my age. He's the exact same age as me. He's actually three, four five years, five months younger. Yeah. I think he's October. I looked it up earlier and I was like, Oh, I don't look like that. That's a shame. But he goes in there, he finds a wood chipper and he keeps walking. Doesn't think anything getting of it. And he keeps walking and he finds like the old, the thing they had for the festival set up and there's, there's, it's all in disrepair and if it, like nobody took it down or anything though, they just left it there and let it rot for 30 years. He stumbles upon Montana who asks what he has in his phone, has in his hand and he says it's his phone. She's like, no, it's not. And she takes it and she's playing with it and she's like, what the fuck is this? And she has to keep it. He's like, no, you don't get reception up here anyway. Uh, she takes him to a cabin because she, he reveals that he's Bobby and she's like, oh, let's go. She admits in there that they're all ghosts, and Trevor shows up as well. They said they haven't seen their dad in 30 years since he was taken into the lake. Nobody's seen him since then. And we know he fell in the lake, and then he woke up and was basically just spent time with his family. Stop giving a shit about Ramirez, I guess. Just, just stop caring. And didn't give a shit about Bobby. Whatever. Um, anyway, 
he doesn't believe that they're ghosts because he's telling us they're basically telling him the story of the camp and what happened 30 years ago um they montana grabs a gun out of her his bag and he's like oh you got protection shoot me and then she makes she shoots herself in the chest or the head and she falls over dead and then trevor grabs a knife and slices slices Ooh, wow slices that's what i just said slices he slices his own throat open and dies and then he freaks out, runs out the door, and they're there greeting him. So uh, I think he believes now. Uh, they, Montana goes, starts talking about Margaret. And Margaret, it's a flashback to 89. Margaret's mad because the bands aren't there. It turns out that Trevor is turning people away and basically has the road blocked off, and Courtney was a part of it. And so she shoots Courtney around the fucking head. And then she goes and finds Trevor out, out by the bus, and she shoots him in like the leg. In the chest, and then right in the dick. He mentioned getting shot in the dick earlier. I didn't realize it was this. But she leaves him outside of the camp lines, and she just walks away. I'm like, do bye. Have fun not coming back here, sucker. And then Montana's there, and she's, like, trying to cheer him along. It's like a like a race movie where the guy injures his leg, and he's just trying to limp to the finish line, but he can't get there. Uh, Brooke shows up, and, and she's like, leave him alone. Just leave him alone. And Brooke just reaches down and grabs him and carries him across. And she's like, why'd you do that? He goes, She goes, because I'm not like you. And fucks off. And it's like, damn. Not really. It was just, you kind of knew she was going to do that. Uh, and then they tell Bobby back in real time here, 2019, that they need the, they need help to end Margaret. So that's the, that's the goal. Um, they needed help to end Margaret, I should say. Um, Trevor hacks Bruce. What the fuck are they? Right? Oh, yeah. So Bruce, the whole Dylan McDermott character is put to an end in three seconds in this because... Trevor just shows up and is like, we had to deal with Bruce. And she hits him in the neck with a hatchet and kicks him down to the, to the next property so he doesn't die on the, on the camp. And then that's it. Because he, he, he had some girl, some ghost as bait when he's chasing her. And so they kill him and just kick him over there. Like, fuck off. So Bruce is gone. I was waiting for him to come back. But no, he, he really did die on the other, on the other side. Montana uh leads ramirez she meets up with him she's like billy idol wants to meet you come on and he's like ah, i don't believe that she's like no way he lived through that slaughter and she's like he's a I, he's a rebel like that he didn't go through the through the blockage that trevor had set up and he's like he's like you don't make a song called rebel yell if you're not a rebel he's like that's a good point follows her you go into the cabin everyone all the ghosts are there all counselors and they just hack hack apart hack them apart just crazy killing and then um, they, they you know, cut back to real time, and they're telling Bobby that they've been killing Ramirez over and over for 30 years. Like, the second he wakes up, uh, basically they, they start killing him again. <laughs> it's like, <gasps> like Satan brings him back to life. And, gah, gah! and Satan must be like, do it again? again you, you were back 20 seconds. Seriously. All right. All right, yeah. And then two minutes later, he forgets. Yeah, I guess. They just watch him around the clock. Bobby says he's not leaving when they're trying to get him to leave uh, because everyone there is trying to kill him pretty much, or at least Ramirez is. And then it shows 20 minutes earlier, and you know what's going to happen when you see that because of what she just said, all the setup that Ramirez is still technically alive and keeps coming back. Um, the cook and Chet are waiting for Ramirez to wake up, and they're like, it's taking longer this time. I wonder what's going on. And they start playing Pictionary, and she's like, let's play Strip Poke Pictionary. And he's like, what? No. But he's totally on board with it because he starts doing it. And then they start to, it looks like they're starting to make out. Um, the black smoke is pouring out of Ramirez. He wakes up and he kills them. And then he goes and he attacks Bobby. But they all show up and they chop at him. But then he, then he, for some reason, away from them. I didn't understand what the fuck happened here. 
He's away from them and throws a knife and hits Bobby in the back. And Bobby falls down and starts taking some swings at him, misses. But then everybody else catches up to him and they they kill him again. Uh, Montana, after they kill him, it says sends Bobby away in a hurry to go get some medical records in, from someplace. Uh, she says the name. I didn't write it down. And then he goes there. And I, I did like this scene because he's he kind of he's not limping too bad, but he's like, oh, I need to see the medical records. And she's like, No, she's away. So no, she's busy. And he's like, Look, I I've been through shit today. I need to see them. She's like, Oh yeah, let me get you some help. And she calls. She's like, I got someone here for you that needs your help. A couple guys in white lab coats come out, and they're gonna they're gonna admit the guy because it's a crazy hospital. And then luckily he he over. Um, Donna's there and she overhears him saying that he's a jingle son. So she takes him back to his office. They start talking. They talk about Margaret Booth. This is when we see the flashback to 1989. All the counselors are outside of her, her cabin and just like, come out and play. Like doing that sort of shit. Um, Donna comes in and stabs her just from behind. She's like, what the fuck, bitch? And then uh, they get in a fight and then eventually Brooke is part of it and she gets shot in the stomach and so as far as we know, Burke is dead, and then we don't actually see the death. And I wasn't fooled at all because if I don't see the death, I'm not because her ghost would still be there. So why the fuck would I think she's dead? I don't know why they just assume she's dead. Anyway, um, the gang is all slicing Margaret like the, Trevor cuts her arms off, and then people cut off her legs and they're throwing them into a wood chipper and it's spraying over the fence. And I noticed a serious flaw with this scene with the logic that these ghosts used, which is. They have the wood chipper where it's spraying over the fence. Just the spray part is over the fence. But the machine itself, the grindy part, is on the is on the camp property. And their theory is, we're going to kill you in this and it sprays you over there. So therefore you won't die on, on the grounds. And I'm sitting there going, I literally wrote, still seems like she died on the property because the grindy part is on this side and it sprays her over there. So her body's going over there. That's, that's fine. But, you know... How did, how did they think this was going to work? They needed to move it until they literally couldn't. And then, therefore, that the grindy part is on that side of the fence. I don't know why they thought this would work this way, but whatever. Um, Donna, is, come back to real time. Bobby thanks Donna for sending the checks because he's been getting checks ever since his dad died. And Donna denies that it was her. And uh, he goes, oh, maybe you weren't the final girl after all. Hmm, Yes. We cut to Pineville, Oregon, because they trace the routing number on the checks back to that. And they're waiting for the person that sent the checks. The truck shows up. I thought it was going to be Jingles. I think you're supposed to think that because of the truck that she's driving, but it ends up being Brooke. They go inside her house. She doesn't appear to have aged much at all, if any. And she does a whole speech about how she's married to a dermatologist and takes care of herself. And I'm like, what's really going on here? There's something happening here. And they don't explain it. So I don't know. I don't have an answer. But I'm like, eh, she has a little bit of gray and a little bit of wrinkle makeup, and that's it. But it's been 30 years, so she'd be 50. 50-something. Almost almost 60. I don't I don't understand what the fuck's going on there. What, whatever. It doesn't really matter. They show a flashback to her getting shot. She gets shot in the stomach. Ray helps her. The bullet went right through her. He gets her patched up, and he carries her to the, to the fence line and uh, shoves her across. She takes four steps and then falls down and says she will cut back to real time. She says she woke up in a white room, thought she was dead and life moved on for that. She has a couple kids now. She said she was sending money. Like I sent you money so that you, you wouldn't come back to this camp because I keep getting drawn to this camp and I just want to 
just wanted you to be done with it. You wouldn't have to go there. And I'm like, your plan kind of backfired because the only reason he could go is because you basically funded the trip out there to the camp. So maybe if he didn't send him money, he'd have been fine. Because going to Alaska to California is a bit expensive. I mean, he's 36 years old. He can pay for his own way. But, you know, she might have helped him along that way. I don't, I don't know how much she was sending him. It could have been 12 bucks a month. I don't, I don't fucking know. But we don't see a check. I didn't, see, I didn't check her books or look at his bank records. I have no idea. But I love that he's cashing them. And, and a check would have the name on it most of the time, right? I don't know. Whatever. Um, let's see. Uh, Bobby is back at the camp. He goes back after uh, talking to Brooke. Uh, he meets up with Margaret. And he's like, yeah, come on this way. I'll show you where your dad is. He goes, I don't trust you. You fucked over my dad. She's like, I don't care if you don't find your dad. And walks away. He follows her. Um, and then she goes to kill him. And then Jingles kills her. Stabs her in the head. Or the neck, whatever. And he's like, son. So, and then she comes back and stabs Jingles. And then um, he, she chases him again. And then the lady in white show up, shows up. Basically, his grandma shows up and saves him. And all the ghosts grab, grab, uh, grab Margaret and take her away. Because they haven't seen Margaret this entire time. She's been hiding for 30 fucking years. It's a long time. But apparently it goes by quick because uh, Montana had no idea it was 2019. Not even close. Um. They kill her, and then they they send. Basically, they're like Montana goes, Bobby. You need to get the hell out of here. Just, you know, get out of here. Tell our stories so the '80s will live on. The '80s will never die if you tell our stories to your children. And blah blah blah. And I don't think she should have to know what happens. Personally, me '80s was is a fucking terrible decade, full of terrible everything, except a handful of movies and a handful of songs. Uh, other than that, really just awfulness all around. I hate the fucking 80s. And, but if you love the 80s, you're not, you're not going to even get a slice of that again. I can't even imagine loving that. And then it's gone. Like you get, you get five years of good music in the 90s and then it falls apart. And it never comes back. It has never come back. Music has never been good since then. It's not just old man Phoenix here bitching about music. It's just, it's completely different. Like you can like music nowadays, but if you were into that hardcore back then, you're, you're going to have nothing to like now. It's, it's garbage. So, and don't even mention, I didn't even mention the fact that they're talking about how there's no, uh, you know, Bobby at one point when he's talking to Montana and Trevor, he goes, it's like, yeah, aerobics is kind of a joke now. And Trevor's like, oh, <laughs> like he's offended because they're both aerobics instructors. I love that part. Um, yeah, Trevor ended up being one of the better parts of this this season. Uh, I don't know much about Matthew Morrison. He's on Glee. I don't really know. I don't. I haven't really seen a whole lot of his stuff. So this is my real first experience with the guy, and loved him on this show. He fits in perfectly. I was I was kind of concerned at first, not reluctant, but I was like, oh, who's this guy? Like, oh, new guy at the party, and you don't recognize him. And you're like, who's this? What's well, okay? Show me what you got, new guy. Oh, you're from Glee, huh? Yeah, well, that show's terrible. I never watched it, but it looks terrible. What do you got? And I'm like, all right, you, you, you won me over. Same thing with, with uh, certain guys. Like Xavier, the guy that plays Xavier, uh, was in the last season, Cody Fern. He won me over like crazy in, in the last season. Uh, and this one, he's, he's really good too. But this, this show is full of people like that that win me over. So I should stop, I should stop doubting them for even a second when they, when they have new characters arrive. But let's see. Um, yeah, he... He runs away, and he literally runs out of camp. Um, and then he crosses the line, and then he turns around, and he looks, and there's his dad, and there's his grandma, and there's little Bobby, the, the brother of, of uh, his dad. So his uncle, 
his, his uncle's there. And then he sits there and stares at him. And there's a song playing. I forget what it was. And I literally just finished watching it and I already forgot. And this song was just stuck in my head right before I started recording. But this is what happens when you talk a mile a minute. Uh, and he's, it's like this really tender moment where he's staring at his, his family and they're all dead. And they know, he knows they love him and they, how much they sacrifice for him. Because he had, a, he had a sweet speech with his dad, like a sweet conversation with his dad. About you do what any parent should. Sacrifice yourself for your children. Of course I love you. Like I know you weren't around, but I know what you did for me. So it was really sweet. I don't know what to say. It was it caught me off guard how sweet it was, especially the ending, because he just stares at him and he doesn't say anything. He just has some tears swelling up and he kinda nods like, you know, I'm not coming back here. You guys thank you so much for everything you did. And I'm never coming back here because that's what you want. And clearly I'm not <laughs> supposed to be here because everyone's trying to kill me. And it's that it just ends on that, and I was like, "Wait, it's oh, holy shit!" They ended on a sweet moment, and it was caught me so off guard. And I was like, "Yes, thank you. Okay, I'm not really like I don't look for the sweet like oh yeah, but I also don't really don't want, especially off a slasher season. I don't want he turns around and murder gets him like something stupid like that. So, but I also didn't expect it to end sweet. I expected it to end with. You know, he goes away and then talks to someone else and then, you know, it kind of peters out a little bit and then, no, crosses the line, looks at his family, cries a little bit, realizes his, everything's going to be all right. And then he's lucky to be out of there and basically says, thank you to all of them for doing what they did, protecting him. And he got his closure and he walks away and it's over. And it is 1984. <laughs> I was like, holy shit. Okay. I, I'm, I can't name the last, I don't know if there's any other season that ends on a sweet moment other than season one does, but also there's a bad, you know, because they're all dead. They're standing around the Christmas tree, but they're all dead. So it's kind it's kind of bittersweet. This one is just pure sweet. Like the, the guy is, is going to be fine and he realizes it. You can tell something's been haunting him for a while. This camp literally calls to you. It seems like at least that's what Brooke was saying. I don't know if I believe it, but that's what she was saying. Anyway, that's the end of this this episode and the end of the season for season nine, 1984's uh, Final Girl. I do agree with IMDb. This has an 8.4 higher. I'm going to give it a nine because I really, really did enjoy all the Finn Whitrock stuff. I don't know how to say your last name if it's Whitrock. I'm sorry. Finn Whitrock. I'll say it like that. That, that dude is awesome. I love him. He, he, he fucking stole this episode. He's brand new on, on the on this season. Just shows up and steals the fucking show. That is a tall order to ask of anyone. And he shows up and is like, all right, this is how you act, motherfuckers. Like, not trying to show him up, but did. Not trying, but did. And stole it. And it makes me like, oh, I wish he was in more. I <laughs> hope he's in next season a lot more. It looks like he's in a couple. I was kind of looking around. I still have no idea what season 10 is going to be about. No idea. But this is a really good season. This might be my third favorite season. This, so season one, season two, then this one. This one is very straightforward. It doesn't wander like most of the seasons do. Even the good seasons, like season one and season two, have some wandering episodes. This one, just nine episodes, no wandering. They did the, they got their, they did two things in this episode that I was talking about. How they might have to do their epilogue wrapped up, wrap up shit, like down the line. They got that out of the way moment one where you reveal it's 2019, but they tied it together with the main storyline, which is a good way to do both. It's a good way to have your, have your cake and eat it too. They, they got it, they got to do the thing. And they also had their kind of wrap up episode for 1984 before when it turns into 1989. It seems like most of this series, most of this season takes place in 1989, but the season is called 1984 for some reason. I don't know why it's called, not called 1980s. I don't, I don't know, but, um, 
yeah, good, really good season. Solid. I, I, I'm glad it's as late because if they did slasher as season like a slasher storyline as season one or two or three or early, it, I think it would have been dumb. I don't think they would have been mature enough as a, of a show to pull this off. It would have just kind of would have been really forgettable. I think, and I'm glad they say this for season nine because the cast was awesome. They put together and. It's inter- this is an interesting show to watch how the cast is evolving. Like they have certain people and then they move on with them and then some of them fall away, but they pop up every once in a while and do little bit bits. I, there's no Kathy Bates this season. That kind of bu- bugged me because she's my favorite actress, but whatever. Can't have them all. You couldn't, you, I mean, you could, but it'd be too many. It, we just finished watching the original series, the stand on uh, LAW, the stand review, the other podcast. And that that has a cast of 7,000 people. So, you could do that many. It's just, I don't, this story would not warrant it. So I miss you, Kathy. I do. I still don't have my Kathy, Kathy Bates fleshbot. Talk about that for six years now, seven years now, something like that. Eight. I don't know how long that was, but LIWstudios.com. Um, check all the, all the podcasts, all the videos on there. Uh, YouTube.com slash loitering in wonderland every Tuesday night at 10 PM Eastern. We do two to three Twilight Zone reviews, uh, all live. Uh, it's more than just me. It's a couple couple people. And uh, Wednesday night, same time, 10 p.m. Eastern, we do uh, an anthology series episode. We review it. And then we do either a John Carpenter, John Frankenheimer, or Nick Cage movie. One of those. They alternate. And that's so. both shows, 10 p.m. Eastern, uh, Tuesday and Wednesdays. And, yes, I just want to say thank you to our Patreon subscribers. That is RaidersOfTheLostFlicks.com, at Raiders underscore OTLF. At the Indie Sports Car Podcast, uh, the, the, they're another one of our sponsors. So go check out the Indie Sports Car Podcast on all your podcast providers and subscribe to them. Let, let them know we sent you. But yeah, I'm going to get out of here. So until next time, in the meantime, I'm Phoenix West. So long, Citizen. So long, 1984. So long, Finn Whitrock. So long, all the people in this. I'm a Roberts, Billy Lord, Leslie Grossman, Cody Fern, Matthew Morrison, Gus Kenworthy, John Carroll Lynch. Holy shit. Blows me away every time. Um, he's another guy on my top 10 actors list. Honestly, if Finn Whitrock did a lot more work like this, where he got to play something like this, he'd be up there too, but I just haven't seen enough of his stuff. But damn, that kid's talented. I'm calling him a kid because he's he's five months younger than me. (laughs) All right, so long. Bye.